and welcome to Another Bite, where we rewatch the most innovative and intriguing pitches from Shark Tank. I'm Jory, and I'm joined by Ariel. How's it going, guys? Heidi ho, friendos. <laughs> That's John, if you were curious. Yeah. <laughs> Today in the tank, we're back on the dating scene. That's right, folks. These founders want to help you find someone that's really just the cat's meow. Will this app nab a shark or will it be a catastrophe? We'll find out. But before that, let's take a pause and relax with an ad. There's no secret formula for better service throughout the customer journey. But there is the all-new service hub from HubSpot. By bringing service and support together in one powerful platform, you can deliver the best experiences for your customers and your teams. Free up time for your reps to focus on complex issues with an AI-powered help desk. Also, you can easily support, strengthen, and grow your customer base. Secrets out, HubSpot Service Hub is a game changer. Visit hubspot.com slash service to do more for your customers today. So today in the tank, we have the app Tabby. And Tabby is brought to us from Sterling, Lee, and Nathan. They are asking for $300,000 for 20% of their business, which is a $1.5 million valuation. Tabby is a dating app that is designed to help cat owners connect with each other. So essentially, when you think about like what this product looks like, it's the same interface as a normal dating app. The only differentiator is that there is an entire portion of this app where you describe your cat and your lifestyle cohabitating with your cat. So does it sleep on the furniture? Do you take it out on cat dates, which are a thing, apparently? And essentially, the problem that they're trying to solve is like, apparently, fun stat, men with cats get fewer matches on dating apps. I couldn't believe this. I can see that. I can see why. Okay, we will get into that. Cats are fierce. What's wrong with a cat, Ariel? (laughs) Every guy that I have met or dated that is a cat person has been a red flag. So we'll get into that. Wow. Okay. Let's do a segment called Ariel's Dating Life. Today on Ariel's Dating Life, Cat Boy 2. (laughs) Oh my gosh. This one smelled like tuna. (laughs) Okay. Cats are emasculating? I did not know this. Like this was actually like, I had a really hard time focusing on the rest of the Mm. pitch because all I could think about was why it would be that men with cats in their profile picture wouldn't get- Or red flags. No. Swipe left. Yeah. Let's just like dive into it. Ariel, what do you think of this product then? If you're already like men with cats, red flag, (laughs) they should just have an app of their own. I mean- It's a generalization for sure. So the initial pitch itself, the branding, loved how clean it was. The name itself, Tabby, is so cute. All that they're missing is a little slogan, like keep tabbies on your forever mate or something (gasps) fun like that. Forever friends or something. Yes. And I loved just like the imagery of like the cats on fun little costumes and find your match. Like I thought it was so well tied together from a branding perspective. What I was really curious about is, is there a big enough market for this? And it wasn't until the founder said, yes, I've done this before, but with dog lovers, and Mm -hmm. I'm actually in the process of selling my company, that I was shocked. Is there really that many people? Is there really that product fit that this is a really underserved need for cat owners? Because I'm not a cat owner. may not be the target audience. (laughs) We can tell. (laughs) It is important to contextualize, though, acquisition talks. It's not like she said, I built this dating app for dog lovers, and here's my success metric. What all she said is, I'm in talks to be acquired. We should just be clear about the reason companies get acquired. Sometimes they get acquired because they have built something so unique and special that an incumbent company wants it. (laughs) But there's another reason that companies get acquired, and that is that they are failing miserably, and it's very cheap to buy them. And And the incumbent company thinks, (laughs) 
Why not? This yeah. is cheap. So it wasn't totally clear how successful the dog dating app has gone. But I do agree that she's got some cred. I trusted her. I got a good vibe from her. She had the proof of concept there, but I wish she went more into how many users she had, how often are they active, like some more of those stats to bolster up her credibility a little bit more would have been nice. Yeah. I think you asked the right question, which is, is this market big enough to support a verticalized dating app? I think it is very, very smart that if you're going to enter a really crowded category like dating apps, you either need to have an innovation in terms of the functionality. I think you would argue like (laughs) Tinder had that. It was like, oh, this is just like Mm -hmm. a better and funner experience than like match.com. This is shopping. (laughs) Or you need to be verticalized and say, hey, look, like we're actually going to help you get a better match because you have similarities in common. And so I spent some time looking at different types of social networks, and there are kind of two broad classifications of social networks. There are what you call meat products, and there are friend products. Facebook is a friend product. It's designed to actually connect you with people that you know. LinkedIn is a friend product. You, in theory, already know your network. Sometimes you do meet new people on it. Same with Facebook. But like most of the time, it's about tapping into your existing network of people. Mm -hmm. Meat networks are designed to allow you to connect with new people. And meat networks are the hardest type of product to get going. Like they are so, 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 so hard because you need to get three things right. You need to get breadth of the app. You need it to have enough people on it that you actually are likely to get a good match. You need to have incredible search so that you actually can connect people with each other. And you need to have some incredible interaction experience where the people who meet are likely to want to date each Mm -hmm. other. And I think breadth is the question you're asking, Ariel. She said there's 17 million single cat owners or something like that. Cats are the most popular pet. So in theory, there's enough people there. (laughs) But is she going to get them all activated on the platform? And then will she be able to build the right search and interaction that people actually use it to find their matches? And also, do people really care as much of finding a partner that also has a cat? Maybe they want a partner that doesn't have another pet. Especially because strange cats do not like each other and they will attack each other. So it's Mm. like, do you even want to be dating someone? Like if you have four cats and someone else has two cats, right? And they all hate each other. Like that's just sounds like a bad time. Exactly. So we start to like dig into the business side of this app. And actually I thought it was really interesting that this was an app that was first on a different proprietary software that turned out to be super buggy. And while they did have some initial success because they launched on International Cat Day, which is like, I didn't know it was a thing, but apparently that's something that cat owners know. Also because they got this free grant that was also gifted to them by the same platform company. Ultimately, they were looking to switch to a new platform that was a bit less buggy. For all that we've said, their total addressable market was like 17 million single cat owners. They were only having an initial user base of 31,000, and they had only made 43,000 in revenue thus far, one of which was mostly an integration partner. Yeah, for me, this is where the hole started leaking in the ship. No, I think the biggest kind of question here was twofold. So first, it sounds like they almost had that momentum given with the 50K grant, but their hands were so tied. And it's just so unfortunate to hear that the platform wasn't catered to a mobile experience. You know you're providing a mobile app. You should be able to have that optimized experience for folks. I don't even think Hinge or Tinder or Bumble even have a desktop client or interface. So Do you even have a computer? <laughs> like, <laughs> no. do you have a personal computer? I don't have a personal computer. Wait, you don't? I do. I have a phone and a work computer. What do you do on your personal computer? Hobbies. Hobbies like what? Yeah, gaming. You have hobbies? Music. Music making. Hobbies? What? I'm very confused. (laughs) What is that word? 
I think this app is actually a good idea. Just seems like they got started on a bad platform and they were super lucky. They got this amazing grant from an existing dating site that let them basically use their infrastructure to build the site. The problem is they just can't scale on that. The thing I couldn't figure out is, are there online communities of cat people and how active are they? And if there are really active cat communities online, that would give me confidence that she'll be able to tap into that. Mm. I don't know about you both, but I follow a lot of pet accounts on Instagram. So I think this could be a great play for some of those influencer pets. For a product like this, you have to kind of think of those nuances. (laughs) Yeah, you got to get really creative outside your traditional means. Well, and this is one of the reasons that the offer for Mr. Wonderful became so interesting is it turned out he has a gigantic organic database cat database cat yeah. owners. <laughs> fun fact <laughs> he was just like just so happens to be part of my portfolio no big deal yeah and when he came in for the 30 percent, i was like that's pretty fair considering what all he's bringing to the table distribution exactly and that's something that you know they're struggling with already so i actually think that they could really benefit from having an equal shark partner in the business yes there was a deal made with kevin for three hundred thousand dollars for 30 percent We got from the other sharks that this was very much an oversaturated market and they're going to have some difficulties continuing to gain users. So Mr. Wonderful coming in being like, I have a bunch of potential users. I'm going to make this easy. It seems kind of like a no brainer. Even Lori was like, you should take this deal. (laughs) I wonder if actually her move is to combine the cat dating app and the dog dating app. Cat owner, find a dog owner. Yeah. They always talk about having like a golden retriever and a black cat personality together is like makes a really good couple. But then Mm -hmm. also I'm really concerned about these cat owners dating and then bringing their cats together. Cats that hate each other pee a lot. This just seems like (laughs) not a good basis for like a long-term relationship. Right. Well, I have a bit of bad news for our cat dog aspirations. After the tank, the reviews of the app were in and they were just littered with complaints. And Mm -hmm. it seems like even though they were trying to shift to a different platform and build it from the ground up, they still hit a lot of bugs. They had fleas. They had fleas, little (laughs) bugs, you know. And so the business announced that it was ceasing operations in August 2022. They also simultaneously closed down their sister company, Dig. So that was like the dog dating platform. So that leads me to believe that you were right, John, that it might have been a like, this is cheap, therefore I'll buy it, Mm -hmm. unless of a like, this is an amazing dating dog app. Yeah, that sounds weird when you say it like that. But, you know, a dating app for dog people. Yeah, Yeah. they got a little short change. They didn't even get their nine lives. Yeah. (laughs) Cats out of the bag. Cats out of the bag on this one. (laughs) Today's episode was written and produced by the mythical Matthew Brown. Additional support comes from Melanie Romero and editing from Robert Hartwig. If you're a fan of the show, meh. Even if you're not a fan of the show, tell a friend. Word of mouth is the best way to support the show. That does it for me. We'll see you next episode here in the tank for another bite. Create Like the Greats, hosted by Ross Simmons, is brought to you by the HubSpot Podcast Network, the audio destination for business professionals. Each episode hosts an in-depth analysis of some of the greatest creations and creators of all time along with deep dive conversations on the creative process that went into building companies and brands. If you like learning about history or learning about the creative process, you'll like this podcast. Listen to Create Like the Greats wherever you get your podcasts.